0: nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the
1: nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door.
0: I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store.
2: Hello, welcome to 5x5. Before we start, Make sure that you've listened or watched or read any of the things we're about to discuss in the podcast. Because if you haven't, everything's about to get spoiled for you because we go into lots and lots of spoilers. So if you want to watch these films, read what we're talking about if it's a comic or listen to music that we're discussing. For God's sake, stop listening to this, go off, read, listen, watch what we're talking about and then come back. If you don't mind it being spoiled, carry on. If you've already seen it carry on. This will be our own discussions, so you can listen to what we're rambling about. They're our own opinions, so you might not agree. And if you don't agree, that's completely cool. But for God's sake, don't write in angry to us, because let's be fair, opinions are like assholes. We all have them, and some of them pretty much stink. Enjoy the show. Switch to DCS ranging. 240, nominal oh, to profile. We're in the pipe. 5x5. Five So, if you were listening to the last podcast, and I hope you were, you'd realise this is part two of our Alien 3 discussion. Now, uh, we've gone through a lot of the pre-production in part one, and this is us continuing our discussion of the actual film that was released. So, uh, sit back and enjoy the rest. Ah, right. So, after all of that, we can finally talk about our own feelings about the film of Alien Three, and I know a lot of you are probably thinking, "Oh God, what about poor SDC? We had so much to say about the uh, the origins of the film. It's a lot of stuff you might not necessarily have known. Am I right? Or-
0: yeah, a lot of the uh, the early drafts I had. I knew of the uh, the um, the monks and the wooden planet, but the the crazy one. <laughs> I had No
1: idea. I didn't actually know about that one either. That one's completely no surprising. Idea. Yeah. I, it was even more surprised to know what else that guy actually wrote. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, two, uh,
0: amazing film. Yeah, um, with two amazing, um, already existing, uh, alien uh, actors in it as well.
2: Wow, this is like a, a mega Alien Three uh, sort of discussion. Um,
1: but like, but it's interesting that this one has become up to this point, the longest podcast. Because it's, it's not just because we're like fixating on our favorite alien film. Or whatever. It is genuinely the one alien film that had the most interesting story.
2: It is. I, yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely. I think out of all of them, this is the most interesting um, background. Uh, I mean, it, the sour grapes. I mean, one thing we haven't touched upon just before we talk about the film <laughs> again, H.R. Geiger. Um, he he created loads of extra new stuff and redesigned the creature. And because there was so much stuff, I think was it Alec Gillis, the effects man, um, who the who helped me out. The guy who created the effects for Alien Three. It was Woodruff, wasn't it? Woodruff, genius. Thank you. Yeah, there Tom, we go. Tom Woodruff, yeah. genius. Tom Woodruff. Yeah, but who who was in the suit? It was him. It was him? Yeah. Thank you. Why is this He was working good?
1: effects, but he was actually also the guy who's in I the Where have I got soon.
2: that name from? I have no idea. So I apologise for him. you going, what are you talking about, Chris? Um, Yeah, so Tom Woodruff Jr. Um, He's doing all these effects, and he's trying to. I feel really badly for him, because he's trying to accommodate these uh, great designs that H.R. Uh, Geiger's um, awesome sending out to designs, him. They're there's, amazing.
1: There's little like, archive footage on the... Blu-ray of yeah. actually interviews with Geiger. Yeah. And he's actually pulling out his sketchbook.
2: And there's some great his original
1: stuff. sketchbook with all these designs in, and they're uh, just mind blowing.
2: And they basically for the for this one, what they did, uh, what did he did with this alien redesigning it, he made it very a lot more feminine, a lot more sort of sexier in design. The bottom part of its face is like a woman's lips. So it's almost like it's like Beauty and death. So when... It had like a pite. Yeah. So if it kissed you, like, it literally kissed you to death. Where it had less of an aggressive bottom part of its mouth. It wasn't aggressive, as it were. It sounds really strange. It, I mean, it's aggressive. It didn't
1: look as aggressive. It didn't as, aggressive. Uh, as yeah. aggressive because
2: of that feminine. So it was and almost it was beautiful. So it's hypnotic.
1: Well, this the way Ian Geiger described it. It was like, uh, it, it was sexualised. So it was supposed to be more erotic. Yeah. I think it was his exact words on it.
2: And like that even things with the, the design for it the it wouldn't have the second set of teeth inside like originally it would have more like a spiked tongue yeah and it would go in and almost like um kind of like barbs on a on a certain animals like if they barb you if you try and pull them out it, it rips out and more out and, and it's the same thing with the tongue so what it, it would, would do tink. yeah it, it would it would kiss it was almost like he said like kiss you to death Uh, Like the French kiss of death, and it would, uh, the tongue would go into the victim's mouth or whatever, and it would essentially just rip out the rest of the person's insides and things like that. So it's a lot more kind of beautiful and grotesque at the same time. Um, Which fits in
1: very well with uh, with Geiger in general. In general, yeah. yeah. But it was also, if anything, an idea that was kind of utilised again. Species with species, wasn't
2: it? Uh, and the, uh, one thing I thought was kind of cool is there was a, supposed to be like a finger ridge design across the head of the alien. You said it, it was supposed to move
1: almost. I think his wording was like corn.
2: Yeah, like breeze through corn. So if it if it, like like a wind going through it, it would kind of like wave wave, and that's almost like the hair. And it's just like this strange, beautiful being, and I was just like, that is. I would love to have seen that, and they started making maquettes out of plasticine with this, with this design. Yeah, you actually seen
1: that. Yeah, making and yet up these again, designs. more money spent <laughs> on things that weren't <laughs> used. used. <laughs> yeah,
2: and and the worst thing was like it
1: just kind of gets to the point where it's absolutely maddening. you you can see why yeah. they had such a yeah. meltdown about
2: this film. Oh god, and you can see why um, H.R. Giger is going. I've had enough of this, and like and the way he, he was treated is really know, insulting. It's
1: insane because. Up to a point, you understand it, and then past the point, it feels like self sabotage. <laughs> it does. You're They're... taking some really cool ideas, and you're not just worrying about them from a money standpoint. You're just not having faith in the people you're hiring. Yeah. It's it's the... it's oh. boggling. It it like really you
0: said before, it it reeks of nervousness. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Really so. badly. Like the panic. And we've already like... messed up. Yeah. How can and and as as many people know, once you start messing up, Mm. it's a it's a dangerous, uh, slippery slope, isn't it? (laughs) And
2: I I I mean, there was some there was some like you find that Tom Woodruff Jr. is is he's doing all this stuff, and he's trying to do a balance act. He's trying to keep HR uh, Geiger happy sweet, basically, yeah. yeah. and and he said like at one point he rung up and went oh do you want to come down and fly to Zurich from where I'm, I'm based and where I'm doing all this stuff and faxing you all the production designs do you want to see what I've done and there was literally no time because there was so little time because of all the pressure of the studio and the, how, the workload how do we get an invitation like that and, 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 and he had to say no <laughs> and he said it's the one thing he's kicked himself about and it completely soured the relationship he was trying to help um, like incorporates much of the stuff that Guy had done, and then afterwards he discovers that Guy was going. They've taken all my designs and they've turned it to shit. What an awful thing! Fuck them! I've had enough. And you feel really bad because you can tell that Tom Woodruff Junior's going. I really respect and I really admire this beautiful work that is being done. And I want to do this, but at the same time, I've got my deadlines to do, and I I am in a catch twenty two, and it I'm probably... insulting somebody that yeah. might be one of my creative heroes. To to him, it
1: probably felt like he was massively disrespecting Geiger. Yeah,
2: and he didn't, and and the thing is, he was trying not to. Yeah. Everything he was doing he was trying not to, and that's horrible. I feel so badly for the guy because he's kind of like he's and he's working at so much stuff, being forced to
0: bastardize. Uh... Geiger's
1: stuff is oh, in. Yeah. yeah, but it gets worse, doesn't it? We all know yeah. that by the time we hit Alien Resurrection, oh dear, he <laughs> only got. Worse. Doesn't even he doesn't even.
2: <laughs> feet.
1: I don't think he's even
2: in the credits.
1: Was he credited in Resurrection? I, I don't, don't know. if He, he was. was.
2: I think it might be like based on the original concepts so Yeah. Designed by. Uh,
1: I think legally speaking, they have to mention something. Yeah, there's a
2: credit they have to put in.
1: Yeah.
0: Thank mm-hmm. you. SDC uh, which
2: uh, start us off the version
0: film. of the film we're going to
2: we're going to well, I think it would be sensible to um, go to each person just say which version of that film do you prefer and why and and then I think as well would be a good idea is if we turn around and went and and kind of called back on some of the differences as we come across the yeah. end of mm-hmm. the film I think narratively speaking it might be a good idea so uh, SDC please being so patient
0: my my uh, Favorite version of the
2: film is
0: the um, the uh, Fincher uh, the assembly cut. assembly cut yeah 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 uh, assembly cut is by far 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 more superior than uh, than anything that uh, Fox could uh, kind of spew out with what uh, they had an offer um, but it just like like we've said, like over and over again, it's just every things make sense. It's just it, it, the the character arcs are so much more appealing. It's more defined. Defined as well, yeah. um, and you really get a sense of who these people are, and their kind of characters. They feel well. real, don't they? they
1: feel, yeah, exactly. They feel real. You end, you end up, uh, I I think personally, you end up sympathising a lot more with characters you wouldn't yeah, necessarily no. have sympathised with in the theatrical.
0: Because in the theatrical version, you don't really get a, a sense of them, a quite sense a few of them.
1: of, of uh, Clements at all. Almost, you, you know, he was up to uh, some limited. kind of dodginess in yeah. his past, and they leave it at that. Golik, he's just a random nutter. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Andrews. Andrews is mm. just an asshole. Yeah, If you look at yeah. the um, work print version, he's a family man. He's actually quite amiable to... Um, he's not a bad guy. He's no, just he isn't. trying he, to he, make he's sense of it. He's, he's a company man just doing his job. Uh, there's a little scene where they have that meeting uh, with Clemens and Aaron's in the room and they're just casually talking to each other, offers him a cup of tea. Asks Aaron to leave the room. Bam, business mode. He kind of rips feels, him a new one. He kind of
0: feels uh, Andrew's kind of kind of feels like what Ripley was in the original. He's that yeah, no, very much so. Yeah,
1: a, I completely agree. A with Sense that. of uh, the, the company work. Yeah, mm. just going go by the book,
0: trying to keep everything together, and then uh, and but
1: ultimately not believing. What's going on? And you, then you look at the same character in the theatrical. He's just an asshole. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Generic asshole. He gets off about halfway
2: through. You, doesn't matter. Who cares? It's just like It's, yeah, you know. it's just just cr- crazy little jumps in logic, isn't it? And I would say, with the greatest of respect, if you're gonna get killed by somebody or by a creature or something, I. I think it's perhaps one of the greatest uses. Of the word "fuck," I have ever heard done by one of the greatest actors there's ever been in, well. in, a, in a film. As far just as I'm concerned, f- amazing. When he dies, the greatest use of the word "fuck" uh, is used ever, and I I adore that. I I really do. <laughs> it sounds so stupid every time, every time I see it. I'm like wicked. I can I can talk to my brother, right? My brother Mark. If I speak about Alien Three to him. I go. What what's the best version? Best, you know, I might I might not. I don't even need to bring Alien Three. I say, what's the best version of the word fucking film? And we will literally always gravitate to that clip with with Morse holding the chair. That like, fuck! <laughs> it's just brilliant. <laughs> I, I love it. I live for it. I, it's wonderful.
1: problems. I can only hope we are able to all pull together over the next few days until the rescue team arrives for Lieutenant Ripley. It's here. we got Clemens. Stop this, Raving at once. I'm telling it. you. It's here. Get that foolish woman back to the infirmary.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, what is what is that? Oh, Move it. Help her.
2: Um, so, so you prefer the, the assembly code? Uh, yeah, one hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. one when it comes to the timeline of uh, the Alien films, because um, we discussed in Alien, like kind of what sort of film you watched first. You said was it Aliens first you saw?
0: I saw I saw Alien first.
2: You saw them in order. I almost. saw them in order. Yeah, I wow. saw Alien
0: first, then Aliens, and then Alien
2: Three. Yeah, and I think me it was Aliens, Alien, then Alien Three. Mine was that order as well. Yeah, but
0: technically speaking, I played the SNES game before. And, and oh, the, the Mega
1: Drive game. Oh, the, the the Alien Three version. The oh, Alien that 3 was. A, I love that because it was a really genuinely good platform shooter. Yeah,
2: yeah the great. Mega Drive one was brilliant. The SNES one, when I'm, you died, they put. Hudson in going, it's game over, This it's game over. It doesn't make any sense, but cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've got to pick a copy of that up now. I forgot about that game. So um, that's great. Just <laughs> going
0: uh, on uh, Alien games, um, the Alien from Aliens 3 is the one they, they inspired the Alien from the AVP game as well. The, the, not the original on the Sega Saturn, I think. No, it wasn't. It was Jaguar. Uh, Jaguar, thank you. Sorry, Jaguar. And then they remade it for the PC. And the first... um, It kind of doesn't fit in with where the aliens come from in the the life cycle, but um, it made for a good um, game dynamic where you can crawl up on the walls and... Uh, I,
1: love, I love the AVP games on the PC. They were yeah. awesome. Amazing. There was two of them, wasn't there? I yeah. yeah. always think of my they
2: mate Paul when I think of the AVP games. He, he uh, They were
1: awesome, though. Well, back so in the good.
2: 90s, he had a, he was a PC gamer, and he had access, because his PC was a good PC, and uh, he had access to these games. And uh, me being a poor student, he'd be like, oh, yeah, Chris, you know, it's cool, check this out. And he he was like, do you want to play this? I remember going around to his house, and he had to go to work. And he went, well, I've only got a shift. It's only a four-hour shift. I'll be back in four hours. Here, I'll check this out. He's like, "Are you sure, man?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." So I was sat in his little computer room playing AVP. Going, "This is amazing. This is really good." And yeah, I really appreciated that. It was wicked. But uh, so yeah, yeah, going off mad, yeah, mad, mad, mad tangents. But Alien Three, how how do you feel about um, about Alien Three in general as a, as a film?
0: Um, I, for me, in terms of. Um, uh, as a cerebral kind of thing it it's probably the most cerebral of all the films um, there's so much underlying even if you just take it at face value there's so much um, underlying religious connotations. religious connotations there's uh, uh, it's a social um, a social exercise it it, it looks at how um, criminals and crazy people deal with um, and how they band together in the face of this thing, and uh, the bit when uh, when they come for Ripley, um, and you think, oh, these people are absolutely these people are monsters. They're horrible, and she ends up. Um, they they all end up putting that behind them. Start focusing on the real problem which is the alien mm. and there's a there's a great bit with the guy who he's got bandages on his head and I can't remember the, the scout's guy yeah yeah there's a great bit where him I think Morse are uh, uh, he's just been attacked by the alien and Ripley says something to him and it's like uh, like what half an hour 40 minutes ago he was trying to uh, rough her up yeah. And then, and now they're seeing they're sitting eyes to eye, um, talking about what how they're going to defeat this alien, and it's just it really puts into context that no matter what you do, when you've got something that's going to ruin everything for everyone, you could you you simply can't um, pick sides and start and start going. Well, I'm not going to save you because you did this to me. It's all about banding together and in the face of terror and um well everybody's gonna die if they don't sort this thing out. So it's uh the 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 cerebralness, if that is a word. Probably not, but (laughs) the cerebralness of it. We'll go with it, it's fine. It's so much it it is more (laughs) subtle than the other ones. Um we touched on um, alien being. Yeah,
1: there's, there's more. There's more layers to yeah. Alien Three yeah. than the other two. Mm. Parts, I, think. I would there's definitely much say much it works on different levels.
0: Instead of like being like Alien as an orange,
2: you've got like the there's more skin. there's more psychology.
1: A- alien Three is a big old scary onion. Yeah, it's a mm. massive
2: onion, like a really <laughs> massive scary...
1: terrifying onion that screams in your face. I hate those fucking onions. When Spits acid at you. Yeah it's no not it worth did. making a bolognese with him, is no, it no it's not I don't want no. screaming spaghetti it, uh, and it's fucked it's, it's like one of those great big
0: um, golden brown ones not like a tiny little shallot
2: golden brown golden brown <laughs> it's a golden brown <laughs> a golden brown onion that screams oh. your face hisses oh. that is a dissolves powerful d- powerful
1: image <laughs> just holds
2: the kitchen work top and just think fuck it he would have sorted Brexit out he would have Yeah. straight away <laughs> <laughs> right. Carry on, sorry.
1: Sorry, okay, <laughs> uh, I, <I'm, laughs> we've talked about alien for so long, I'm starting to see through time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, were ta- you were talking ran. about the psychology of it all and how the characters all. Come I together. think my
0: tangent and thing had kind of come to an end. But yeah, it's just the, the psychology is so much more uh it's a, it's a, it's the, very much the thinking man's alien mm. film, um, whereas Alien is very. There are layers, but it's it's much more simplistic in its uh, in how it's put across. It's and their version yeah. of the brainless action flick, isn't it? Really?
1: And but then with, it with a bit more smart
0: spell. And then Aliens is just like balls to the wall. You don't really need to think too much in Aliens, but it's just, like,
2: There's, really yeah, in your face. There's a psychology in Alien that that works all on the primal sort of fear yeah. level. It
1: works more like a traditional horror film, yeah. doesn't yeah. it, yeah. than anything else. But you, you could even probably just strip out the sci-fi elements from mm. it because it's not so front and centre. We discussed
2: that in the podcast that it was very much rooted in a place that felt believable. And where the Aliens, it's you don't have to think as much there's still layers yeah, to oh aliens, and yeah, so I wouldn't take that away. But I think you're right. Alien Three, there's. It, a, it's almost yeah. like Walking Dead in space,
0: like the alien has a part to play, but a lot of it is the social dynamic between uh, the prisoners. I guess um, that, yeah. if 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 Gallic was had more of a part in it. Um, I think it would have added uh, even more layers onto it but unfortunately uh, fox deemed them
1: uh, not as
0: important
1: I mean as he normally, yeah I mean as he was to have more of like a, a human antagonist yeah. in Golic but also keep him quite sympathetic would have been quite a smart move but obviously someone somewhere didn't think that was a good idea it's just it baffling just, it is baffling
2: and the one thing about golic as well. Um, the one thing that really, uh, and I think is really clever about the character of Golik is, in Alien, your sort of human protagonist is going to be Ash, isn't it? It's not going to be anybody else, it's Ash. Mm. and even he, No, he's not even a human, he's a robot. But he's that human element, that protagonist, okay? He's really the bad guy. Yeah. He's a bad guy. Yeah. He's terrifying, he's brilliant. However, there's nothing about Ash that makes you go, "I really like that guy." Yeah, he's the Despite one who lets the yeah done. the alien is let him. Well, he's let the alien on board. He's the one who tries to kill Ripley. He's the one with the dooming prophecy going. You know, oh, you have my sympathies. That chilling, you have my sympathies. Mm-hmm. Um, aliens, it's Burke. Sure. Somebody that you like it first, like, oh, he's quite a nice guy because of the yeah. whole kiddo and everything. He's basically a sleaze, he's an asshole. It turns out he's a, a scumbag that he's sent people to their death for money. Probably about as human as Ash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's just he's basically Ash, uh, like with a race car personality. Like, oh wow, you're kind of cool.
1: He's Ash, but he doesn't have the excuse of being a fucking android. Yeah, he's just a twat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and um, I always liked Burke, and then right when you find out what he's done you're like what a wanker what a yeah. scumbag and he tries to kill Ripley he tries to kill Nate so you have that protagonist in, in Burke none of the marines they're all there you know falling in line with Ripley it's Burke there's Gorman but he's just an asshole he always was an asshole <laughs> 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 but like but um, with with Alien 3 what makes it interesting with golic is the fact that here's a person who clearly has some deep seated issues there's something about him that's Likeable, terrifying, he's a good protagonist in the fact that what he's doing uh, moves the plot on, it's scary, it's unpredictable, it's interesting. Yet, at the same time... It has a rationale to it then. Yeah, and and the fear, and, and there's, there's a kindness, and there's... Paul McGann's performance... I'm not saying this having met the guy and think the guy's awesome or being a big Doctor Who fan and he's one of my favorite doctors. I'm saying this as somebody who looks at his performance and goes, he has he brings something to that role that is genuinely sweet. There's something sweet about him and sympathetic about him, but at the same time, freaking scary,
1: terrifying. For me, it's, it's that scene that we were discussing before, On the bed. where he's. Yeah. It's, it's the one in the bed where he says about how the girls liked him at first, but it's also that scene in the mess where he discovers.
2: Oh yeah, and he's eating the cereal, enjoying
1: his bowl of cereal, just turns that's what around, he's doing. big old grin covered in blood.
2: Yeah, I and just stuff like <laughs> that. this says what he's eating. He's just kind of like, you're right there. I was going, just like chewing away. He's like. And the way um, Andrews goes, this simple bastard has murdered. Yeah. Is he a good yeah. chance? This simple bastard has murdered them. So I think you know. it's just like, yeah. I just uh, trying to
0: add uh, a, a rationale to the madness that is taking place. Yeah,
2: and I, 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 I like that. I, I do like that. So mid, what, what do you, what, what do you think? Because we were talking about the work prints and things. Uh, what's your your assembly cut? Or I know the answer to this already. It's a dumb (laughs) question. Assembly cut or theatrical version?
1: Uh, There's no other version. It's the Assembly cut. Every day. I I, I mean, I I remember watching the theatrical cut. I didn't hate it as much as everyone else did. But it was by no means anywhere factoring on my list of favourite films in the Alien series. Until I saw the Assembly cut, which is by far the most... Perfect version that exists of the film. Mm. It's the version that Fincher envisioned when he was hired as a director, the version that he was setting out that he'd actually filmed and pieced together to make a cohesive whole, and that was gradually stripped away by studio interference. There was so many other scenes that you mentioned before that could have been added in there and they were cut even before they even got to the point of being able to film them. Oh. That could have made the assembly cut so much stronger. Gallic.
2: I think having Gallic there, waiting for waiting was brilliant. It's,
1: it's one of the big things. I mean, uh, as we were just touching on a minute ago, every film up to that point had its central human antagonist that was almost as diabolic as the alien itself. Uh, in Alien, it was Ash. In Aliens, it was Burke. And in Alien 3, it could very well have been Golic, but adding a layer of sympathy to it. And um, the studio, for some reason, balked at this and cut the majority of his scenes. I mean, if you look at the theatrical cut of Alien 3, um, Paul McGann's scenes are non-existent, almost. Mm. Uh, they could probably be counted on one hand. It's It, it doesn't make sense. And it, it literally... Doesn't make sense. We reach the scene where <laughs> yeah. he's in the infirmary, and that's the last time Vanished. we see him. What happens Gone. to this character? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. They probably won't ask. He's just a back gang character. Cooks bloody ask! These are sci-fi fans. We notice these <laughs> things. We're nerds. <laughs> Come on! Um, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, the, the the theatrical cut of that film doesn't make sense, and that's why it was torn a new one. Mm.
2: In um, most basic terms I I, I <laughs> think how great would it be just throwing this out there you've got Golic waiting for the way you tiny people they come in not knowing because they don't care they might have had all the background information when the place was running and they were all prisoners and they were still running and doing what they needed to do and all that kind of stuff that would have been great but imagine they they get there and all they give a shit about is getting hold of this alien getting hold of this specimen and Golic's there waiting Poor simple bastard <laughs> yeah. And and he's there and they're so like, mad. What what's he what's he you know, what, what's going on? Imagine him taking him like they did that abattoir scene. It imagine imagine leads that him ad, in. mag, yeah, into a place where there was a cocoon and they're like they imagine him taking them into a room, Wayne Utani, and you finally see as a viewer of the franchise, Wayne Utani in a the scientists of Wayne Utani and like one of the big wigs in this hive structure that this alien uh, drone has made and them going wow wow this is amazing we finally got what we wanted and golik just murders them <laughs> imagine that imagine it would have been perfect that would have been I would love to have seen that while everything's going on these guys from Wayne Utani are being chased down by Golik. Yeah that would and be it, brilliant but, and
0: strangely it, it turns Golik from this uh poor simple uh, poor simple bastard
2: a simple
0: bastard who you who you're kind of like oh he's a bit crazy into someone that you get kind of going yes
2: yes go on let's kill, kill the company
0: and yeah
2: the company. <laughs> It'd be that would i mean it would have been nice not for all of them but if he killed a couple of them that would have been quite interesting um i mean obviously it would have gone on a divergence where where you'd be like well hang on we we really this is an alien film this is great and all should we not watch the Alien and Ripley and everyone. And it comes to the Golic show, I suppose, when you do that. But it would have been kind of interesting if you kind of alluded to that in a couple of throwaway scenes.
1: Yeah. Uh, nice. I, I, I just feel that in that theatrical cut, they kind of lost their way with something that had become almost a staple in the previous two films. Yes. There was a central human antagonist. And if you look at the theatrical cut, it just isn't there at all. Mm. The assembly cut, it's only kind of alluded to. It's still not completely there with yeah. the assembly cut either. It's alluded to, and we know a lot of stuff was cut. And I think if it was going to be improved, improved any further, if David Fincher suddenly went, okay, let's go back and have a look at this in the way that Ridley Scott did with Alien. Mm. I'd love to, if any of that footage existed somewhere in some drum somewhere that, collecting dust and he pulls it out and he reassembles it I'd be first in line to watch that
2: yeah definitely because it would
1: make more sense and it would be the vision that Fincher wanted in the first place before they just start culling yeah they start culling left right and centre these wonderful scenes that have been described
2: my my personal favourite version I'm with you is the assembly it,
1: it's, it's everyone's favourite yeah. version
2: but <laughs> but I will say this I still loved the theatrical version. When I was a kid and I watched Alien 3, my dad rented it out on VHS. Because when it when it came out, like I said in the first po- podcast, my first exposure to watching Aliens was Central TV showing a copy of Aliens on a Saturday night uh, from like eight well, 10 o'clock at night or whatever they played it at. And my dad recording it for me and my mate to watch it. So there was that. Then I got to see Alien because, again, it was shown on terrestrial TV and my dad recorded it. I was like, Dad, dad I don't want to watch Aliens. Oh, okay then. So I watched Alien. Um, then when Alien 3 came out, because at this point the sequel's getting to come out and I'm like, really want to watch it, but I'm a kid. I'm 11 years old when it comes out. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get to watch it in the cinema. I'm an 11-year-old. Um, so I bought... The Alan Ding Foster novelization. And it was the first year of secondary school for me. So the very first day of secondary school, when I first started, um, I'm reading my book, because so I've taken my book with me to school, which is the novelization of Alien 3. Directly opposite me in my form for the very first time um, is somebody who becomes like family to me over the years, is Tom, who would have been here tonight. Had it not been for horrendous, horrendous hangover. Uh, so this one's for you, buddy. Or did I kill him? Like in my notes that I mentioned about uh, earlier.
0: Um, uh, I, um, I'm not going to say anything. That's right, because you, you were on that to, list as well. I don't
2: want to be <laughs> implicated <laughs> in the murder of Tom. So. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> I wasn't even there, so I'm fine.
2: I, don't, I haven't even seen these assholes before. <laughs> 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 so, it was getting a bit ashy in here. But, um, so, yeah, like, basically, uh, Tom was reading the novelization of Alien 3, which is why I said, come on, come to the podcast, you know, And like, SDC last night when we were drunk watching Alien 3. He goes, why didn't he come along? I was like, that's a bloody good point. So I invited him, and obviously the tequila, well, the mescal worms that we ate last night. Burrowed
1: into his mind.
2: Burrowed into his mind. Uh, and, uh, Christ, I'm I'm not even going to lie to you right now. My, my sweat coming out of my body, being expelled, would probably get uh, Mother Teresa, give her the DTs just looking at me, you know? Uh, so it's just like, my shit's so, so bad right now. <laughs> like, um, don't talk about your shit. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't my, my shits are so bad right now. <laughs> no, no, not actually my shit. I'm just, my shit is in the metaphorical sense, not the physical sense. Oh, your uh, being. Not, my being. Uh, yeah. Not, to waste. Not, not my excretions. <laughs> Although. They probably are quite bad right now. They probably would be, yeah. Why are we even talking about anyway? <laughs> so, uh, uh, like, that's what sort I'm of saying. Again, not light-hearted. We digress. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> into Brown Town. Um, so, so, so easy
1: to take a wrong turning. It, it really is. Oh, uh, left at Albuquerque. Oh Jesus right. Christ!
2: Yeah, but, yeah. So, so anyway, um, Tom. Tom. Uh, was reading Alien 3, I was reading Alien 3, and that's how we bonded and and became fast friends. And I've known him since, I'm 36 now, this is when we were 11 years old. So, you know, 25 years ago, we were watching, or reading Alien 3. I get to finally watch Alien 3 on a VHS when it comes out, my dad rents it out. I can't wait. And I'm watching it, and I'm downstairs in my front room, and I put it on, and uh, I put it onto the VHS, and I'm there going, this is great, and I've got the lights off and I know what's coming because i read the novelisation. I know it's going to be bleak. And I still loved it. I still thought it was a great film. I, I really do love Alien 3. But you
1: must have been like expecting a lot of stuff uh, yeah. to happen and it just doesn't
2: crop up. Yeah, because in the novelisation, it's there.
1: In the novelisation yeah. existed from a version of the script that they gave down Dean Foster and said, write the novelisation from that and they change it.
2: And it's <laughs> so fascinating, the dynamics, some of the... the Literal differences in in the way the story is told. There's an amazing bit where she's having a nightmare scene, and all the tubes, uh, in in the uh the cryo tubes are all there, and and uh, she goes past, and Newt is in one, and you know open their eyes, and it's just loads of stuff. That, chances that you could have got the cast back for those little scenes, and mm. it's I, I don't know. I I really 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 like it, and. Of course, when the assembly cut was coming out, I was like, I can't wait for this, because I had no idea, back in the days when the internet was a bit scarce, I had no idea they'd actually filmed half of this I stuff.
1: Think, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people got very excited about, because this was, like, this was 2003, I mm. mean, really, this is, like, pre-YouTube. Yeah. If you wanted to find this shit, you better know where to look for it, because, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't freely floating out there in internet land for anyone to see um
2: but yeah I, I I mean I love it like, yeah. yeah and so for me it's 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 a it's it falls into that um the very start of the film let's let's go do a bit of a round table on this one you brought it up earlier let's just knit this in the bud now there's the, right the start of the film we find an egg squidged into the corner. So is it the top left-hand corner?
1: It's stuck almost into a corner by one of the cryotubes, and it's a lot smaller than an alien egg, and you see it for a split second, because in that intro... And it's open, in it? It's open. And it's it's there for a split second, because in the intro, you have the score playing over and snapshots of what's happening inside the salarco. And one of those snapshots is a very small alien egg attached to the side of one of the tubes, and it's open. How does it get there? SDC? Do you want to answer that? Because um, I'm, I'm not buying anything on that one. I it's... think they dropped They dropped a bollock on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, an actual alien bollock. That's what it was. Ah, Hatched, open. Hatched open. explains the size. Yeah. Um, That actually, that that was supposed to be a joke, but that actually kind of makes sense. It it makes more sense than what was already there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um,
1: yeah. I'm going with uh, Alien Bollock. It's one of the biggest plot holes that you can unravel the entire film with, and it bugs me to this day, even from the assembly cut because it's still in there. It bugs the hell out of me.
2: Yeah, where does it come from? Because
1: it doesn't make sense. The End
2: Queen never got to that part of the ship. No. So who the fuck puts it there? No.
1: It's it's not like oh we oh, we've got to figure out some way of getting the alien into this film. It's like you've already got that way in Aliens. Newt was abducted by them, cocooned up next to an open egg. Yeah. She was impregnated then and there. Problem solved.
2: Yeah, but no, they. <laughs> <I'm interested. laughs> well, and and even with the other earlier scripts, the idea that um, the alien queen, when it uses its tail to rip open bishop there's kind of it kind of alludes to the fact that it's done to like put something in there like like a seed that would grow into an egg or something and that's a tenuous link but it's it's something that has a very small strand of logic that brings it back to
1: that at the time you know being as i am now very much a genre fan very observant of things to the point of insanity um if I was sat in the cinema watching that bit, within the first two minutes of the film, you'd probably already lost me. Wow. Because I would have been going, what the fuck's that? That doesn't make any sense. Why isn't that? That, was, that is going to bug me for the rest of the film. <laughs> I, how do you think it got there? It's a MacGuffin. That's all it is. I think I can solve it. I, I, I'm sorry, but as far as I'm concerned, that's a MacGuffin. It's something they got very lazy with. They couldn't think a way around it that was very, very simple, and they just went, oh, just stick an egg in there.
2: Okay, what if? What if? Using a time machine, and some common sense, and reshooting that particular part, wouldn't it be great if, but even then, it would... Okay, I'll explain the idea I have. Because there's a theory, there's a fan theory there. In Aliens, apart from the new thing, that would have made the most sense to me. Yeah. I totally agree. In Aliens, Bishop disappears, right? He gets the dropship. Yeah. What would be to stop in him having the um, stash an alien egg on board? Hicks is but, like, drugged up. Mm. I had to sedate him. Yeah. Ripley's fucked off. Yeah. He's got a flying machine that can get okay. into the barrels and stuff. Mm. It would be kind of cool, well, not or not cool at the same time. If Bishop, despite what happened, his program gets overrun and he can't do anything about it, and he is basically like subroutine, uh, and he gets one of these eggs and he puts it stashes it in the uh, dropship, and then when you start the film up. You see the drop ship because there's no point for um uh, Ripley to have gone back in there because the fucking Alien Queen is it came out and hiding got in the it. landing gear, yeah. wasn't it? Exactly. So you see a shot of an upturned like storage box or something, and there's an egg, possibly two eggs, both open, and you have a trail where you can see like maybe a few acid splatter trails as it's obviously run out of the bottom of the solac- uh, the, the dropship uh, and it's obviously gone to find, and it's used the way it can track biological mm. signatures to find this thing. That's what I would have done. Uh, and you wouldn't have found out that Bishop had done anything until later on in the film when she rewires and goes what up, happened the jump, yeah, the and then finds out goes, I couldn't do anything Ripley, it was a subroutine. And yet again, she had been portrayed. But that
1: would have been like, yeah, that would have been a big arc because she grew to trust Bishop after initially thinking he was just like Ash, and he turns out in the end to be just like Ash. But also, it, that would fit in very well
0: with the end of the film when uh, the other Bishop turns up, and you you've got um, uh, Ripley going, "No,
2: I don't trust you." Yeah, 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 and. See, like, so, I mean, the only thing I don't like about that idea, personally, is the fact that what you're essentially doing is, uh, sorry if anybody's hearing that in the background, it's my neighbors I've got the window open, because uh, it's <laughs> 7 billion degrees in here. Like um, we said previously, it's a sauna. Yeah. We do this in the sauna. Uh, so, my, because I have a new build house, and it's very warm. Anyway, uh, the only thing I don't like about about that is the fact that, You're essentially taking a character that the audience have grown to love in Bishop and the fact that he is not Ash and you've changed him into something, he's essentially becomes the antagonist or one of the whole reason things went to shit after this great story arc of Bishop being a good guy. But at the same time, it's kind of good because it falls within the dour, sour, downbeat idea of what alien 3 is so it's kind of a catch-22 so this alien egg that's like i the the only theory i can come up with is a bishop brought on board but that still would not explain where the hell it it appears what or why the hell it's by the cryo tubes so it's there that's that's weird to me in itself so so yes anyway that's so we start with that so sdc what happens next
0: uh, the Ripley is taken out um, along with Bishop's uh, remains, uh, Newt's body. And well, they've got a crash, haven't they? Well, yeah, yeah. they crash. <laughs> yeah. They crash. Um, they go on board. Um, they're taken out. I can't remember what happens to uh, what
2: happens to Hicks. He's just. He was impaled, yeah, with the crash, the e. He was
1: in yeah. the face. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Why wasn't Jimmy Nail in this? Fuck you. That would have been amazing. I hate Jimmy Nail. But, but look at every <laughs> other British actor who's in this film of that era. Jimmy Nail,
2: he would have been perfect. No. He's my, right, listen. He listen is
1: it. visibly perturbed right now. He's actually, like,
2: squirming He's, in his chair. Jimmy Nail is my arch nemesis. I have no logical reason for this. I'm sure he's an exceptional human being. But I have a little uh, phrase, and that's, if it's an epic fail, blame the nail. <laughs> uh, and I believe, out of my heart, that Jimmy Nail uh, is is my nemesis. And one day, some real bad shit is going to go down. I'm going to find out Jimmy Nail was responsible for all of it. Um, he's behind
0: pretty much everything bad.
2: He, he yeah. He is everything that is wrong? He's he's the uh, Illuminati, yeah. Jimmy now is the what if he's Illuminati. listening
1: to this right now? I
2: mean, it's very unlikely. I, I if Jimmy now, if you're out there, Jimmy, and you're listening to me right now, I challenge you, I challenge you to a duel with SDC to the death, you and SDC in a Uh, uh, Thunderdome Thunderdome
1: style father. Are you you seriously backtracking from the possibility that Jimmy Nail might be listening?
2: There is fear. (laughs) There is fear. I'm not going to lie.
1: Fear
2: the Nail. Fear that (laughs) you always fear the Nail. Fear the Geordie Wrath. He's totally unexpectedly. (laughs) (laughs) So like, but anyway, (laughs) fucking hate you now. So like, (laughs) anyway, so like,
1: he he should have been in Alien 3 anyway, carry
2: on. As the fucking Alien. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and Jimmy Nail as the egg. <laughs> and, and he is the reason the egg is there. He put the, egg, the egg, egg in there, didn't he? It was, Nail. It was, Nail. It was Nail. 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 And also uh, Boone as well. He should yep. Fucking Boone. Uh, and Lovejoy. Lovejoy. Hey, don't you be dragging the fine name of Ian McShane. Because he better have survived. If he was in it, he would have survived. If he was in it, it
1: would have been around that time he had that lovely,
2: tight, curly mullet. God damn.
1: And he would have had to have shaved it off. That wouldn't have been on. No, He was still doing Lovejoy at the time as well. Not happening. Not happening.
2: I do not want He couldn't have been in Alien 3
1: even if we wanted it in our most glorious
2: fever dreams. And Ian McShane's the kind of guy who would never, ever, ever go near Jimmy
1: Nail. Anyway.
2: Unless he's going to put a stop to it.
1: Why are we... No. Stop it.
2: Try. I want to see that film. (laughs) It would be incredible. Ian McShane versus Jimmy Nail. If there's one hero out there who would save my suffering, it's (laughs) Lovejoy. Or Bergerac. If they're gonna have John Nettles. If they're all as Jim as 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 Bergerac. If they're
1: all gonna have this fight, they need to be dressed up as their respective selves. Yeah. So obviously John Nettles needs to be Bergerac, and, and um Jimmy Nail needs to be Crocodile Shoes, whatever his name is. Or, <laughs> or the
2: guy from Alveda's Ain't Pet. Or Oz. Oz. Oz from Alveda's Ain't Pet. Obviously. Hang on. I can bring this tenuous link right back to Alien 3. What? Jimmy Nail, right, is in um, Alveda's Ain't Pet. He is. Yeah? Yes. Right. Hang on. Right. Hang on. I'm just yes, going to I the know, cast.
1: I know where you're going because the guy who played Moxie's in um, Alien
2: 3. See? He's Murphy, Murphy, Murphy. Murphy. Murphy, Christopher Fairbank.
1: He is indeed, it's him.
2: There you go, Mox, look Mox, at Moxie him.
1: Moxie from Alvide Pet. Is he? Is, is that, that
2: right? his name? Hang on, oh, sorry Please po-
1: prove me right here, because it's me remembering something from the mid-80s when I was very small.
2: If you fuck this up, you'll never hear the end of it. Ever. Moxie. Albert Moxie, 83-2004, to Alvide Zane Pet. Anyway, anyway Alien three. so back to Alien 3, Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yes there would have been a connection there. There's connection. Like, everything we
1: just said in the last 5 to 10 minutes wasn't a waste of time. It linked back. That's how good we are. Yeah. <laughs> Keep listening. <laughs> are you still there?
2: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you must be bored. It's like 3 hours. God I <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> and
2: you're the we're the... And, uh, join us next
0: time when we will be uh talking more about uh obscure uh, Cultural <laughs> British TV, TV shows <laughs> uh,
2: that and probably
0: half of you don't even remember because you, or you even understand
2: or know. Impaled, yeah, right in the fierce. This is how it started in the fierce, Jordan, in, the fierce. Stuck in the fierce, and then all that came into
0: my head was nail. And then they're taken out new, uh, Bishop and um, and Ripley because there's no point of taking uh, Hicks out because there's nothing really to take out,
2: yeah, part of the support being not it Yeah, that's so, a horrific uh, puppet as well, yeah, it's teeth. It's just essentially just a smash up yeah. jawbone and yeah. and blumange. Well, well <laughs> <laughs> I need some
1: blumange. Mm. <laughs>
2: mm. A wonderful feast of blumange. With teeth <laughs> in it. With teeth. It? Oh. Oh. it always goes back to Darkstar. <laughs> Excuse was... me. Right. Listeners. That's t- gonna sound
1: incredible on there.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, if you two have evacuated your bells, <laughs> right. write in uh, to five point five. <laughs> Mr. Mids at just yahoo to on that. <laughs> Dot com. Is it com or dot co uk? What? Oh I'll get back to that later. So anyway <laughs> I've got teeth I've got mid's teeth in my blonde now, is weird. <laughs> That's <laughs> strange. So Hicks has been impaled yeah. and it's all over the shop.
0: And so um um Ripley wakes up in um, med bay. Well, she—if
2: we're going by the um, the assembly cut, she's found on the beach by Clemens. Yeah, by like Charles uh, yes, Dance. Yeah, yeah. It's going on. Mm. The theatrical, theatrical. thing does it that way, but Clemens uh, finds her on the beach. Yeah, and why uh, is he even out there? Charlie's. He's like going for a
1: stroll on the assembly cut, isn't he? Mm. I wouldn't go out there. Weather doesn't look very good. Let's
2: be fair. You come back crawling with stuff. Right, straight up. Hang on, right. What, let's be fair, what are your options? Have a wank in a cell, (laughs) stare at the general populace, which would be essentially like opening up a tin of baked beans and looking at it. Yeah. Or go outside. And have a walk. Maybe find, Hmm. maybe find a stranded lady. (laughs) It just makes him seem a little bit sinister in that way, though. But he was
1: wearing a Mac. He was wearing a big old Mac. And
0: how, it looked uh, like it could cover shit up. How often do you go out for a walk and find an unconscious woman lying on the
2: floor? If you're me, crawling in bugs. All I'm saying, if you're me,
1: it's yeah, a, a lovely <laughs> that's, Tuesday it's, walk. It's, it's a 50 50 chance. It's a 50 50. If you're Ben, more like
2: 80 <laughs> 20.
1: He actually purposely looks for it. Don't
2: be starting shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't diss date night. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> carry on. Carry on. He doesn't
1: have to take this shit. Look. I'm, I'm, done, I'm, done. I'm done. I don't I'm, I'm done. over done. this. I'm done. I'm not doing this
2: podcast nonsense <laughs> yeah. with you clowns.
0: Fuck yourself. <laughs> you just got doing Fucking nail to do it. Uh, for anyone listening still.
1: Uh STC well is done. Left the room. Well done, thank you.
2: So Clemens finds Ripley and um, she couldn't oil or something what is that
1: yeah it's it, basically I think the whole idea is this planet is just Boiling. super fucking polluted they've basically used oil. it as a toxic waste they've yeah. used it as a toxic waste refinery and the whole place is just swimming in crap if she didn't have an alien inside of her she probably would have been dead anyway <laughs> She would have toxic had some waste cancer or something. yeah she would have
2: had some so- but he was bald <laughs> You definitely that's would have had some it, sort
1: yeah. of disease. If it wasn't lice, they probably wouldn't have any body air anyway.
2: <laughs> oh, God. It's <laughs>
1: anyway, we yeah. dark, dark places.
2: Yeah, so... And
1: that's okay. what radiation does.
0: <laughs> mm, lovely radiation. <laughs> so, so Fun for all the family.
1: So, Clemens
2: finds um, Ripley washed up on the beach, covered in deadly toxic waste. Uh, and she, uh, he brings her, brings her into the um, infirmary or, or within the facility, screaming for help, doesn't he? he goes, oh, come on, help, woman! Yeah, and uh, she ends up gobbing up a load of water because he resuscitates her, and then and then that's when they bring in the they use the ox, don't they, to get the EVs out? Of the EV car. in the theatrical cut, the
1: just. You don't see how they get into the EV. again. they the gloss all this shit over. Oh, it's not important. Oh, uh, look, we find these people. But yeah, in the assembly cut, it's they a, tow a... it to shore using yeah. oxen. But the dog coat goes in. And sees a normal face hugger yeah. in the EV, goes, which doesn't oh, make sense. There's somebody here. Something blah, blah, blah. It, it was just incredibly, incredibly vague, that entire sequence in the actual cut. They just thought, oh, just get this out of the way get out of the way let's get into the action it it all seemed very much like an afterthought Mm. but when you look at it against side by side with the the assembly cut you can see obviously which
2: made more sense so what happens next is it goes to Brian Glove like rumour control with Andrews this is rumour control here are the facts what is he talking about shut up okay what does he sound like that guy from bottom
0: because he is the guy from bottom <laughs> yeah I know Fuck sake! I just... get to ruin everything
2: god god damn it god ruin everything if I see either of you tonight I'll kill you <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah but well, we're sitting right here oh, yeah. <laughs> right so going back on track does it go to Andrews talking about um, rumour control? This is a rumour control and here are the facts. Yeah,
1: um, the, the, I think there was a thing with the assembly cut that um, he was sending a message to Alan Yutani on his computer. Yes. But I don't Thank think you. it was included in the
2: normal cut. This is the problem when you strafe between two different yeah. versions of the film. Yeah, because
1: like in the normal one, there was a, a screen flashing up Mm. Rather than CEM type in it, it's just a screen with the information, and there was a difference between the information in the director in the the actual cut and the assembly cut. With I think the normal one said Newt was twelve years old, and the other one said she was ten. Yeah, it just shows it's it's not even been thought about. It's just not to type any old shit. Yeah, it's it uh, it's 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 very woolly, really the way that was approached. Um. I mean, I suppose in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. But it doesn't look very good when you have two different cuts with two different completely different sets of information. It's just like
2: so. So what? So what happens story wise afterwards? Then? Uh,
1: there's
0: a bit with um, Andrews in the office with Clements, and they're talking about what uh, is going to be
1: done with Ripley. I think. Yeah, because this is uh, where I said it was slightly adjusted for the assembly cut, where it made um, Andrews look like less of an asshole. Yeah, they're actually talking quite. Um,
2: He's concerned about the, the what would happen to it. That's the main. Yeah, yeah no, and the rowdiness of the. Well, beforehand, it's, it's,
1: it's all quite amicable, and he offers him a cup of tea, and then he asks Aaron to leave the room, and bam, he goes into business mode and starts telling him a new one. Mm. That's the difference between the two cuts. I mean, I the assembly cut tries to make him look a little bit more like he's just doing his job, whereas the the actual cut just makes him look like angry Northern ass on number one.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, who likes tea? Ripley comes to, <laughs> and she discovers what's happened to. Um, she's discovered what's happened to Hicks and Newt, and then she goes into the EV, doesn't she? Because Clemens talks about, look, well, um, the, the droid, there were bits of the droid everywhere and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, they yeah. threw him
1: on the junk pile, didn't they?
2: And, so, and he's like, uh, says about what happened to the girl, going, well, if it makes you feel any better, she wouldn't have felt anything. That always makes me kind of chuckle in a dark way because when you see New, when at the beginning... She looks like she's screaming and very much awake in that pod. Didn't feel a thing. She looks terrified. I'm like, I beg to differ there, uh, Kevin's old chum. (laughs) I think you, I warrant you, don't have a clue what you're talking about. You ever drowned? (laughs) Yeah. Sir, uh, uh, I believe you're supposed to be a medical practitioner. Uh, What is it when you see somebody's face contorted in horror uh, and clawing at the inside of a tube?
1: Although, in his defence, drowning is supposed to be one of the nicer ways to die. Supposed to be lovely.
2: Not, not, by what we saw. With, with Newt, <laughs> bless her, it is horrendous. No. That is horrendous. Actually, at this point, I want everybody's opinion. Right, Going around, SDC to you, and then and then I'll finish with me. Um, opinions on the death of Hicks and Newt. What do you feel about that? I mean, at the time, how do you feel about it now? Like, what do you think? Um.
0: Part of me thinks that it would have been, I don't know, part of me is kind of understanding why they had to do it, but uh, the, the the other part is kind of, we've invested in these characters for an entire film, and then all of a sudden, that's it. Yeah, they're done. They're done. What, what was the, you spent all this time with them in Aliens, uh, f- for what? In, in the grand scheme of things, it's just it just kind of feels a bit like, um, like you've just got a, a really nice toy, and then somebody's just gone, no, you're not having that, and just kind of taken it off you, and you're kind of thinking, well, I would have liked to see... Uh, personally, I would have liked to... I mean, Hicks didn't really... He developed quite nicely throughout um, *Aliens*, but Newt also did develop. But at the same time, she there was so much more potential for Newt to mm. to turn into and potentially take over from Ripley when she um, because whatever was going to happen, Sigourney Weaver didn't want to do it anymore. So there was a potential for Newt to take over as uh, as. Um, the character to take over as as the protagonist for and then you could have had a new strong uh, female lead for the next lot of Alien films that they obviously wanted to make but ended up screwing up so I think Newt was a waste more than Hicks uh, is my opinion on that Mr Mid.
1: Uh, I don't think it really damages the film, them not being in there. The story didn't really, in any way, feature them. If you look at any of the cuts, they were all pretty much dispatched with pretty quickly. So I don't think they really intended to keep them all. all. Um, I don't think the film suffers without them all that much, as far as the story goes. It would have been nice to do something with them, but it obviously wasn't in the plans, so... I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't really bother me so much because it never happened. Right. If it was something I knew they planned to do and then changed their mind, I probably would have been more bothered. But they never really factored into any of the versions that were approaching being filmed. So, uh, in, in that respect, I, I suppose I've distanced myself from the possibility of them being involved in the story anyway. So, yeah, it doesn't really bother me.
2: I think personally, I remember when Alien 3 was um, going to be released. I had no idea what was going on. Um, I saw clips like Barry Norman's film 92 or whatever it was mm. back in the day, um, was, which was an old BBC uh, film review show, and him talking it's, about the. It's animals. still going, it's
1: just not Barry Norman anymore, it's the like revolving, sto- revolving door of guests now. Yeah.
2: Uh, so so when so when he he did that, and I saw some of the clips, and I was like, "Well, hang on, she's bald. Why is Ripley bald? Why? Where the hell's Hicks? Where's New? Read the novelization and found out what happened." Um, I'll I'll be honest. I I was upset. I I remember me and keep thinking, that sucks because I love aliens, um, and. I love picks and I, you know and I love new I love the way the characters grew and I think it's very much I, I am in the ball uh, park of thinking it's very much a waste opportunity of what they could have done at the same time at the same time when you watch alien 3 and you see the narrative of the entire story and what that is supposed to be there as kind of an end, as a, a cap to everything. It makes sense. It makes sense. And it helps fuel the kind of downbeat, bleak kind of um, aura of, of the film. Uh, at the same time, part of me always will want to know like what, what would have happened if you had... Hicks there, or like, even if you just protect Newt because Newt, Newt's innocent, and it's it's horrible, knowing that she died in such a horrendous way, and then the idea at one stage the you know, she was going to be impregnated, and have this thing ripped out of her, um, Hicks having such, like, his body, like, you, I suppose it's so visceral, when you see somebody who's been ripped open by this fallen support beam, you've got Hicks dead, you're like, God, that's a waste. of something it. really it's like.
0: An, it's a horrible ending for um, For a great
1: character. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah. I suppose just yeah, you know, I just dis- distanced myself from that thought by knowing they'd never really factored mm. into that part of the story anyway, so. Oh, I do find There wasn't hard. really a possibility that they could have been in there anyway. I mean, the only way that they could have um, done a
0: more of a disservice to Hicks was if they took him off uh, and killed
2: him uh, behind the scenes, yeah.
0: Uh, and then had the
2: alien come out of him, yeah. I think that would have been a massive disservice because of his story art and stuff. Uh, and being a big fan of Michael Bean as well, and just thinking that, you know, it's it's just a waste. It's a bit of a waste of uh, of the character Hicks, and I think he did a great job. Uh, Michael Bean did a, a brilliant job. Making this character work and be a fantastic character, um, Carrie Henn did a brilliant job making the new work. And it's sad, it's sad to say goodbye to them. And I think. In it, such a. And a dark way. way. Yeah, throw away, sort of senseless, horrible way. Comment. Like, yeah. yeah, and so there is that. I, I do see that. I understand. And again, it helps with the narrative, the darkness of the narrative. And understandably, Ripley's character is always one who's very solitary. She's always had to walk these paths of darkness uh, alone. And it works with her story arc, especially as the idea of the survivor looking back on her life and thinking, I could have had something more, but I had to land on that damn planet. and Everything was taken away from her. And like the special edition of Aliens, you find out that she had a daughter and she was dead Like before she got back. and said she was going to be back for her 11th birthday and how that relates to Noop. And then it's kind of like she gets that daughter figure back uh, or has something to continue to live for, and that's taken away again, and then only to find out that she's got a fucking alien inside of her, and just all that kind of stuff is very dour and downbeat, and it works within the context of that. But again, part me is always a big what if, and I I do think it's very sad, and it's hot, and again I hate that bloody when you see Newt in the pod in the in the prior pod, and she kind of. The terror in her face. and like, come on, man. Do we need to see I don't. Flight? I don't think...
1: It, do you, you don't actually see that in the Assembly Cut, do you?
2: That's from the mm, theatrical cut. I think it's the theatrical cut, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you definitely, you know, you, you definitely you, see... You, you,
1: you do see it in the theatrical cut, I think. I don't think you see it in the Assembly one. At least I don't remember seeing it in the Assembly one. I only watched it recently. Come well, on, we wrong. watched it recently, and... Uh, yeah, very, but you very were drunk. drunk. you were blasted, though. Yeah, so... <laughs>
0: probably not the best that, that fellow wasn't yeah. even
1: making sense <laughs> <laughs> so it speaking in tongues why why are the innocent punished why the sacrifice why the pain There aren't any promises, nothing certain, only that some get called, some get saved. She won't ever know the hardship and grief for those of us left behind. We commit these bodies to the void
2: with a glad heart.
1: flower and within each death no matter how small there's always a new life a new beginning amen
2: So, moving moving on with the story, we eventually get to see the uh, the, the the fear of Ripley uh, thinking, hang on a second, because she sees the acid burn, doesn't she? She sees an acid burn on the side of one of the cryotubes. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the thing that caused her to drown, Nuke to drown. It causes an issue with the cryotubes, and that's why she drowned. Well, yeah, because you, you briefly
1: see it in the intro, something acid hitting something and it dissolving mm. I think that's what causes the fire in the Sulaco in the first place or mm. the evacuation from the Sulaco anyway yeah no cause there is some kind of fire isn't it? because you see flames everything.
2: Yeah. and everything um, and, and also Bishop later on fire in cryogenic yeah, exactly and of course.
1: beeping and lots of
0: um,
2: mm. alarms mm-hmm.
0: and lots of uh, steam steam uh, smoke and, and, uh, what are they called? Extinguisher things. Fire
1: going, And all that stuff. Um, yeah, so you can assume that's what causes, like, the malfunction in Newt's pod or whatever. And... See, the thing is, though, in those pictures, it looks like she's actually got a crack in her pod. Again, yeah, I think she...
2: this is all about the changing story.
1: Yeah. It, it, again, it's, it's it's another little thing that doesn't quite doesn't quite match up, doesn't quite make sense, really.
2: So that, but that's
1: just it, though. I mean, in hindsight, you always go back to these things and you're thinking, "Oh, we could have done that differently," but we don't really care enough to do it. That's what it feels like. I don't know if that's a cynical way of looking at it, but that is actually how it.
2: It, it do I I agree though. It does feel that way, yeah. And and uh, I mean, what they. They do that, and then this horrendous scene where she's the autopsy. Yeah, yeah. Which apparently is worse. There, there's more footage of it. There, there was which footage, is really bad. Yeah, there was footage they just
1: couldn't use because they showed it to test audiences, and they were just like, "No, there was don't a, want to see I, that."
0: I remember seeing a scene of Newt's um, body, and she was very, um, she was incredibly pale, lying on a slab. With um, with Clements doing some uh, di- uh, talking to Ripley on the
1: other side, and uh, you, you get very brief snippets. It's almost like yeah. fraction of second snapshots. Mm. Particularly when he opens up the chest, oh. you do actually see it for a split second.
2: Yeah. But it's
1: only a split second. Yeah. And I think the thing is, in the original cut, it wasn't a split second. They they lingered on it. Yeah, you don't need to see that. It doesn't add to the story. So yeah. It's inc- the fact that it isn't included is probably and, and a better I mean, thing, to be honest with you. you. don't need to see that. You're seeing it's a implicit- character
2: that we've grown to love, like Newt, yeah. a little girl, the literally being not, ripped to pieces. It's it,
1: it, it's implicit what's happened to it's it. Dark, it's implicit what yeah. they're doing. You don't need to see it. No. no. So, yeah, it was, was the right decision
2: to do it the way they did it. Yeah, it's, it's the way they did it, yeah, I agree. I mean, again, part of me, only because I want to see... All the footage, so we finally get to see absolutely everything they did. For almost, even if I saw it once, I want to see everything. I mean, just every little effect they ever did, because it feels like it's wasted not being seen. Yeah. That says I would have very, very. It would be very hard to watch. There's, that there's a few films because of, of new. There's just new.
1: There's, there's a few films. Uh, like going slightly off subject, I I the exact same thing with, um, one of them was um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. They filmed so much footage for that film that was unused, and it's only just started to surface in the last five to ten years in various forms. It's like, there'll never be another version of that film. It wasn't anywhere near popular enough to warrant it. Mm. But the more you find out about these films, the more you want to see this material. It's Like mm. you're saying with Alien 3. It's probably why we've talked about the film for so long. Yeah, it, it, It's the more you find out, the more interesting it becomes. And it, it certainly is the case with a few other films, for me particularly. I think you can see why it becomes so interesting. It's just like finding out these other little tidbits that you didn't know. Mm. You keep tugging the string, and you find more. Like <laughs> Pob.
0: Just going back to random eighties TV shows.
2: Like Pob. Pob. So, so um, that there's that wonderful darkness, I suppose, to the the deaf, and There's a, a, an amazing scene where you have Andrews. And it it tugs at your heart with the funeral of uh, Newton Hicks, and it's sort of like the man and the child will not know. Uh, I forget the exact lines, but it's it is really touching. And then just before they finally say goodbye to Newton Hicks, and we see that funeral, at least they gave him a funeral, which I did. Appreciate they gave that funeral. They the, the, that I do appreciate. And when when they do it, um Dylan does this amazing speech. Like Charles S. Dutton is brilliant He, in is, good. he is good. In the he, he is. Amazing. I think he's such an amazing character.
0: Aside from Clemens he's, and and obviously Ripley, he's possibly one of the best. And. One well, of the best characters.
2: Well, let's let's around Robin quickly. Now, now bring it on to that. Um, very quickly.
0: Standout characters.
2: Your favourite characters of Alien Three. Uh,
0: Clements, um, Ripley, and uh, and Morse. No, and uh, bloody <laughs> Dylan. Dylan. There you no, go. Thank you. My brain's just. Well, it is
2: very late enough.
0: It's leaking already, uh, and also I'm um, still tequila un-over.
2: wormed, tequila mescal wormed.
0: Worm. I have a um, worm inside me, and it's just dating.
2: It was it was with you all the way.
0: Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, Dylan Clemens and Ripley, Um without a doubt, just
2: okay, uh, mid characters. your favourite characters in, in Alien 3
1: uh, Golic, Golic
2: and Golic yeah for
1: me the more I watch the assembly cut the more I read about it I'm glad more of that character exists in the mm. film I wish there could have been more when you hear what they originally planned for the character to act almost as that more sympathetic human antagonist I think it would have been a lot more interesting, it would have been a lot more keeping with the series, which would had come prior, and I think it's a damn shame that it was meddled with to be mm. honest with you Um I mean if, we were, if we we're having to throw another character in there, probably Clemens Um he gets fleshed out a little bit more from the assembly cut in the theatrical he kind of feels a little bit throwaway they don't really delve into the character in any way. They don't try and flesh him out. He's kind of just a little bit... There is sympathetic fodder to be offed at the halfway mark, really. Yeah. Um, but at least in the assembly cut, we're given a little bit more of the man behind the fodder.
2: <laughs> Do you know, uh, for, for me, I, I think all the characters are so strong in this film... Yeah. Mm. I actually don't, I know it sounds really cliche I don't think there's a single bad performance by anybody Not even the, the minor characters like the sort of thing they still do good performances um, I I love the fact that you have very strong characters mm. there are a lot to choose from in Alien 3 there could have been a major risk of there being. yeah Danny Webb I Morse love I love yeah. Morse I love Morse and like when when I think of all the characters that they that, that they could have they could have potentially not had any strong characters, but the brilliance about the Alien franchise, the Alien, all the characters are strong, all of them. Even the one it, when people go, oh well Lambert, she's still a strong character. There's still like a good reason behind what she does. I
1: think the only way the only places where it starts to falter is um, probably after Alien Three.
2: Yeah, they they, they kind of lose. And a sure as shit, Aliens doesn't have any weak characters. Well, you they're, love they're, all the, the characters. Yeah, the,
1: they're just kind of, like, after Alien 3 they kind of lost the will to even delve into characterization. It, it, they kind of become very throwaway. Yes. When you hit Resurrection, most of those characters are throwaway. I mean, you obviously have um, Perlman. one Perlman's character. Yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah. and, and, and Dominic Pignon as well. Mm. Um, they were both brilliant. Winona Rider up to a point. She um, is kind of irritating in it, but she, she's alright. Um, but past that, it's
2: it's all disposable fodder, isn't it? Really disposable. It, probably, for, probably even fodder. more
1: so in Prometheus.
2: Oh, don't. Another. We'll get to yeah. that. We'll get to that. Jesus.
1: There, there, there are some good. Even in Prometheus, there's some good stuff. I mean, the Fastbender, you can put him in
2: anything. He's amazing. But um, it, again, most of it's throwaway. I think it not. Again, that's for the Prometheus yeah. cast, but like I, I would argue that Fassbender is the only um, good character in Prometheus. Uh, so, but like, but um, but with Alien Three, uh, I think all the characters are absolutely fantastic. Mm. They're they're really strong, and I think that's what makes it so good. When these characters die, I'm not being funny, but in Aliens, when Drake dies, you're like, shit, man. I was starting to like him. Mm. Gone. When like Hudson dies and Vasquez die, you're like, oh my god, you know. He when Goldman dies, he is not an asshole, but you know. Yeah, but again, great, great sort of, uh, sort of um, development with him. And in this, I don't want the now all these prisoners. Everybody said, oh, they're unlikable characters because they're all bastards. Yes, there is that. I'm not suggesting otherwise.
1: But they're flushed out a little bit more in the assembly cut to at least make them human. Exactly. In the theatrical cut, they're just fodder. They're just there to die. Golic. The horrible people, they're just there to die.
2: Perfect example. We've yeah. said it, we've touched on it many times, so yeah. no need to retread the round there, but with Golic, he's a perfect example of a good character. Like, where you have sympathetic tendencies towards him, even though it, he's a bad person. He's, he's an evil mass-murdering. Uh, mur, mass-murdering, crazy bad guy, in a way. In, not in a way, but You know that kind of character. He's still brilliant to, really enticing to watch. McGann's performance—it
1: says a lot about Paul McGann's performance. And we've even spent so much time speaking about Golic because if you're only fait with the theatrical cut, why the fuck are you talking about him for? He's like in like five scenes. Watch the assembly cut. He's brilliant. He makes it. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. There should have been more of him in the film. Full stop is great.
2: Lance Henriksen is in it for, what, four minutes at the end of the film? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's a voiceover on a puppet. Yeah. And he's still brilliant in it. Awesome. And, uh, like, I think... He was only
1: invo- involved in that film as a favourite to Walter Hill. Interestingly enough. No way. Yeah. Um, he, he, Walter Hill called him in and said, Will you do this for me? He said, Yeah, for you gone. O- only reason he was involved
2: that's an interesting I'm little mad mad. I, I just <laughs> I, I, I think I think you know that bit's great I, I love I love Dylan the character of Dylan I think he's brilliant yeah. he's a really strong fascinating character I would love to have known a bit more about Dylan's background mm. I like who, who was he what did he do I know he goes you don't want to know me lady I'm a killer and a rapist of women a yeah. murderer a rapist of women all that kind of stuff but he's brilliant there's a there's a core an ethical core whether it's
1: I mean, even when by his did, religion he, even, or yeah even when he delivers a line as confrontational like that you know he's putting up a barrier
2: yeah and when he but when he's doing it it's almost like he, when you see that performance and he's looking around he's kind of got that like shifting oh look when he's, he's sat, doing it no I yeah.
1: you know what you mean when he sat at the table it's almost like he's like. I've got to say trying this. Trying not to make eye contact. And because I'm going to lose my right standing with yeah. the
2: brothers, you know? They're going to be like, Christ. I guess there's that prison rules kind of Yeah, factor. yeah, yeah. He's brilliant. I just, I think he's a great character. It was, it
1: was a lot of subtlety in that scene. It's just the way he's sitting there, just in his seat. Just like... 85. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Aaron,
2: yeah. Uh, Aaron. Ralph, Ralph uh, Brown. Yeah, he's so good. And he's really sympathetic. And you know he's a mm. stupid bastard, but he's nice.
1: He's a family guy. He's just working for the company and doing yeah. his job.
2: Andrews, I, I'm i really... I think Andrews, they kill him off way too early. Yeah. I, I Again, it's, it's,
1: an, it's another interesting dichotomy between the theatrical cut and the assembly cut because the theatrical cut, he's just fodder. He's just asshole number one that they yeah. get rid of quite quickly. And in the assembly, they try and flesh him out. A, not much. It's, it's it's quite subtle, but they do try to make him more of a human
2: rather than alien food. Love Morse. Morse is brilliant, yeah. I, 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 and I was really happy Danny Webb gets to survive to the end. But yes, but he's he's fantastic. I just all of the characters are engaging and interesting, and I I could watch them even the, the ones that are just like you know, just kind of like who are they. You could watch them a little bit more, you could give them more screen time, and it wouldn't bother me. I'd be like, okay, Box and Reigns, I wouldn't have a problem having more, sc- and thankfully, we do get more. You yeah. don't want to go out with him, why? Except for there's nothing wrong with him, except for he's crazy and he smells bad. Just <laughs> brilliant. I just, you know, that kind of stuff. I I I could see more of. So, I think from that, brilliant. Um, moving from the, uh, the 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 scene, obviously with the the funeral of Hicks and New, um, it goes to the birthing scene. Now mm. we've got the ox and the dog. The yeah. dog version seems a bit kind Sweet. of yeah doesn't but, make sense but with the ox it's really I mean and again it it's so beautifully done with uh Dylan's words you know with a seed a new a promise a new life yeah. and then just this thing you know comes out it's horrendous uh, yeah it's interesting I it's it's visceral? A, yeah uh, we use that word a lot during the aliens ones visceral but it's 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 the pretty much the only way to describe it and I mean um, I like I like the fact that you've got this great directed scene and I don't know how they do it and to this day I still don't know how they, they do it uh, and it looks so good when Ripley starts getting the nosebleed mm. and again subtle narrative thing when you go in the seed promise a new life you're thinking okay the Bambi Burster mm. but the seed a new life's actually in Yeah, chest. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Uh, Yeah, I just I think it's really understated how subtle uh, and how good the subtleties can be in these little things that Fincher like you said before layers. Mm. So
1: uh, I I I think that's I mean it's it's just full shot full stop in the entire production. He just felt undermined. They should have just let him do his thing. We all know how great a director he went on to be. Mm. The fact that he's directed stone-cold classics that will stand up for decades to come. And on his first feature, they just couldn't have put a little bit more faith in him Yeah, just to do what he was going to do. And he did a good job. Because if he'd been left to his own devices and allowed to do what he was going to do, they probably would have had a better turnout from the film on its theatrical run. Mm.
2: Definitely. So... So SDC, what 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 happens next after the Bambi bursting? You've got the you've got the 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 year 25, 25. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, uh, it's, yeah, yeah.
1: It's it's that scene in the in the, uh, the air vent in the it. air vent. Uh, that's um Chris Fairbank against Murphy. Going back to Jimmy Nail. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. He, he gets a Decent death. That, 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 was, that, a, that is was a nasty year. death. That it? was a cool death. Especially <laughs> when
0: you see what's left of them as well. There's a boot. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> With a bit
2: of. How no, do you no, know it's Tim? That's stuff. his boot. Yeah, but how does he know that's his boot? That's weird. Who yeah.
1: says that? Clemens. Oh, oh right. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, <your laughs> mind. How do you do? Oh, yeah, I recognise his boot. What? Well, just nondescript boots. Why do you know those are his boots, you freaking weirdo? He's very
2: meticulous.
0: But there was only two people in the vent at the time. And one of them is there. So it's got
2: to be... Yeah. That, as well, where, with Clemens, when he... How do you know my name, Ripley? It was stenciled on the back of your shorts. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, Charles Dance is great in that film. So Love him. Absolutely tragic when he dies. Um, I mean, like, the deaths in this, they're, they're, they're pretty brutal. But, again almost, sounds strange to say, not all of them are gratuitous.
0: No, some of them are just,
2: like, yeah. No, no, perfect. I mean, I think one of the
1: best deaths in, I'm going on about him again, but one of the best deaths in Assembly Cut is Golic, Mm. because it's beautifully shot. You don't really see it happen. It's a lot that's just left in your head. And it's just beautiful. The entire Mm. scene is beautiful. It's just, like, a silhouette... In the doorway, he walks up, you see his eyes lit up in the light, and the alien drops down to obscure him. And that's his death. And that is beautiful. It's perfect. It's a beautifully framed scene. And um, it's subtlety. And that's what Fincher did well with that film. Subtlety. He didn't make anything too over the top, like you said, too gratuitous. Mm. And the same could be said for Clements' death as well.
0: Just
2: That is a build up in that war.
0: And then, whoosh, and 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 yet again. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's very so moving It's like the a shot of a bed. Why are you showing me the underside of the bed? Oh, it's dipping in. And mm. then, uh, and then once again, cuts to Golly. And you see the shadow go across Crying. him as well. Yeah,
0: seeing the and 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 then once you know what he's actually
1: seeing. Yeah, it's that thing—the shadow goes across. It's almost like Nosferatu, yeah. isn't it? It's the the shadow go across
2: the bed. Yeah, that. I mean like yeah because when I mean the one thing that I've always thought about this film have you ever noticed how much this film does to isolate Ripley every turn of the film is used to isolate him more takes away Newt takes away Hicks takes away Bishop makes a new friend who who she can actually relate to with Clemens dead dead Um, okay what, what about Dylan pushing her away you don't want to know me yeah in a situation where there is this terrifying uh, fear for her physical safety, not because of the alien, but because of the other inmates, when there's a build-up because they're like, well, these, these people are going to rape her. They're going to attack her. They're going to sexually assault her. Um, and and again, that's something horrible uh, that helps isolate her when she's trying to bring a friend back in Bishop. Yeah, So it's all about isolation. Yeah. Um I, I that I, I think it's a credit to Sigourney where he was acting and it's a credit to the idea of uh, Ripley when she is assaulted and Dylan comes in to save the day, as it were, doesn't it, I mean it doesn't make her become a gibbering wreck. She no. just gets on with it and goes, Right, I'm gonna because she's so driven and, like, looking at the bigger picture and knows that she needs to focus on that. I mean, there's that, that the big scenes. That, and the, the industrial metal music, the score of that bit, uh, is, uh, it just comes sort of. I noticed yeah. that, uh, yeah, when I was
1: watching it the other day, it, it changes. Uh, but I think that's another thing we haven't really touched upon with this, uh, Elliot Gondor's score oh, for this. Oh, I love it. Great. I, I, I love the opening scene. It's so dour. Because... Um, it's just this very weird choral effect over these snapshots of what's happened at the start of the film. It's quite eerie. Mm. That entire section is quite eerie because it's like a female choral effect over there that builds up as it puts you on edge immediately. Mm. It's quite a queasy way to start a film. You feel very off-centre from it. used um, brilliantly.
2: Oh I- Yeah the the score which they use and I, I might be it's, wrong. It's, it's very differing as well because you have that, like, that
1: choral thing at mm. the start that's very subtle but also quite unnerving. And then like you're saying you go to that scene where she's attacked and it actually goes to, like almost like industrial metal or of a sudden. Yeah. It's, like, it's very disparate styles but it, as a whole it works quite
2: well. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, the score when they, they do the funeral of Newt and Hicks the music is it the same um, theme as when she dies at the
1: end? I think it is. I, I, th- yeah. I think it's. Um, it mirrors when, it. when she dies at the end. It's a reprise, but it's um, it's an adapted reprise. It's mm. slightly different, but I know what you mean.
2: But it it mirrors their death, like yeah, their, yeah. Their f- Exit from the universe. I, I I don't think
1: that was an accident. I think that's intentional. Yeah. But yeah. Totally. I,
2: um. What What is there yeah. any piece of music that you you love? Just
0: exactly the same. The the, the industrial metal. Um. Just uh, and especially that whole build up when they're running around the the uh, corridors. Uh, trying to get the trying to trap the, the alien, as well. That all that bit, as mm-hmm. well. It's, it's just amazing. And then the bit with um, when uh, you've got Dylan uh, trapping the alien, and then that whole build up as well, and uh, when he comes out of the thing as well, when the alien comes out of the the, the lead, and then when um, when uh, real Bishop turns up as well, and he's screaming.
2: Uh, Ripley oh He's yeah it was a rip- no yeah. he jumps in yeah like I said it, yeah, that's around. where it
1: goes back to that mirroring yeah. of the funeral scene it
2: really there's something about that downbeat score uh, really I'd really like to find them. that score on vinyl I don't, know I don't
1: know if it's ever been released yeah. on vinyl yeah, I'd, I'd have to look it out mm-hmm. I'd love to,
2: have to I, that. you know it'd be great if they re-released it and they put it on green vinyl or something that would be awesome be
1: oh what they did with the alien soundtrack last year
2: yeah Acid and say, oh, that was awesome. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I love, I love that score, and it's again, it's part of that. In, it's very industrial, cyberpunky. The look and the score, very much so. And I mean, like um, the fact of the matter is, uh, I think the thing that makes it even stronger is the fact that Elliot
1: Goldenthal was working at on the bat, he was off, mm. off on the cuff. Just, I've been giving dailies here that just coming through. Scripts changing. Any ideas I had, I'm probably going to have to change round. Yet he still made a pretty good score out of the and whole. It, thing.
2: And they are fantastic. It is. Yeah. It's a really strong score. A really strong score. And I, I actually, you know what, I'm gonna say the Alien Three score is my favourite score out of all of the
1: Alien films. It's probably my second favorite. The the first one has to be the score to Aliens, really, because it's proper. It it, proper. It's it's a score from a war film. That is, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. But
1: I mean, when when it hit, when Ripley drives the EV to rescue them, that march going over the top of it is just brilliant. I
2: I think the score for Alien Three is essentially just a a full on funeral march from start to to end, and the whole idea. It's it's a book ending and what, there's a finality to it that um, if they'd never made another alien film after Alien Three, yes, that would be sad. But at the same time, they wouldn't have ruined it. Well, I mean, no, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I think, yeah, I, think yeah. I think that but that is a perfect end. They should have to kn- it, they should have you know. known where to leave it alone. I think there's a perfect end to it and and i i genuinely i genuinely love love that that, that score I, re- I really do um bishop the return of bishop what do you think well at the end you mean or, no, or just, just in general just in like... general just luntemrix coming back what what did you think uh, um Sisi? you you yeah. um i like the- love that scene with him as the in, in, the, the puppet they use. it's really yeah. good
1: it's it, it was, it it was really. quite impressive at the time really considering that was an animatronic and I still it's like it was quite well done wasn't it yeah I still like it it, it, it didn't look too hokey because the whole idea was he was supposed to be like, all mashed up anyway wasn't mm. he? so no, yeah,
2: no it worked well I, I like that It's and again it's sad because she has to disconnect yeah.
1: it
2: and you know Loses someone that she. Uh, I can be reworked, but I'll never be top of the line again. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be nothing.
1: I mean, I am a little concerned that
2: in, in that knowledge that it was like, what the hell? Who
1: convinced Lance Hendrickson to come back? That maybe they were just shoehorning the character in because they were a little bit worried.
2: Well, I suppose I suppose the good thing about having Bishop back in, like Bishop coming back, is. You've already taken away Newton Hex. Yeah, there's a, there's a narrative component yeah. about that. He at least the idea of him being there, I suppose, helps move the story onward. The stuff involving um, Ripley discovering that she has the alien uh, queen and that the alien was down there all the time. Um, I love I love when he comes in at the end, and it, it's it's Michael Bishop, I think they name him, but in the film they call him. Bishop 2. Yeah. So it's always been ambiguous whether or not he's a, a, a human or an android. I think because he bleeds and it comes. But then again, there's his ears hanging off, I'm sure, at the end. Yeah. His ears is. hanging off. And and I'm like, but what? Eh? What? So whether or not he's like human or not, um, I'm always going to lean to the fact that I think he's human because it's red blood and not white and everything else. But just there's a little bit that makes you think, is he? And in the novelisation it's it's played up like a chess game. When she's talking, she's going bishop to whatever. It's it's yeah. really it's really good. Um and it's again, I suppose it's a bastardisation of a friendly face. Yeah. yeah. Further isolation. <laughs> you know, I I, I don't know. I, 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 I like that. Does anybody want to add anything about bishop's return or I think you've hit
0: the nail on the head, really, to the bastardisation of a friendly face. Uh, I think that's perfectly uh, put in to uh, to isolate, like you said, to isolate Ripley. Um, And and it kind of makes you go, makes you go, makes you hate the uh, the company even more. And it, it puts them across as being the over overarching puppet master bad puppet master of the whole entire franchise you've got this person who you've got this faceless thing that just wants uh, will do anything to get this alien to so they can experiment on it because it happens it's what drives um, Ash in the first one it's what drives um, uh, Burke in the second and you finally have this, you finally have a, a face for it, and it turns out to be Bishop. Mm. Um, and, and, and you know, Bishop even says, we thought you could do with seeing a friendly face. And it's just, you know, it's the, the, the company's way of going. Uh, uh, of, well, you on onside. Pulling yeah. these more
2: strings to
0: try and try and get what they want.
2: Okay. Um moving moving forward, uh towards the the end of the film itself. Um because I mean we can talk about the chasing. What do you think about the chasing actually? It's really confusing. Mm. But it's good confusing. Yeah. I mean
1: I defy anyone to watch that scene and really know what's going on. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot going on in that scene. Yeah, You know what the basic idea is? is bait and switch and trying to lure it in a few different doors, slam the door down, trap it in one area,
2: move it along. Yeah.
1: But it's so frantic it's the way it's that very It's very hard
2: to follow. An alien I mean, vision.
1: <laughs> but it's not just that. It's just like on a logistical level in the environment they were filming that in, that has been a friggin' nightmare to film.
2: I I find it very hard to follow. I'll be honest with you. I mean, if I were to be very critical, it's still a great scene. It's a good scene, but it, it's hard to it, follow.
1: It's, it's so much going on. Mm. It's a really busy scene. And I think it loses something in that.
2: Mainly because it's such tight corridors. I mean, I mean, so you I mean, don't I mean, have a I mean, sense I mean, of where I mean, you are. I mean, it's, it's, that.
1: Inte- it's completely intentional. It's supposed to feel claustrophobic. You're supposed to feel disorientated the orientated for the very fact that you've got the alien vision but at the same time it's
2: literally going up the walls up and over and all the rest of it I, I do like the bit when they they, they bang in more bangs in, you stupid fucker I thought you were a beast yeah. and he goes I, I, enough to put a bit of humour inject a little bit of humour in Jeff's there with the, the, the scissors going Oi you fucking idiot you could have killed me like what yeah. are you doing you should be you don't carry scissors like that in front of scissors and you're just like what are you going to do with scissors against this bloody thing because they've got no weapons. That's the yeah. one thing we haven't touched upon. They've got no weapons. How are they supposed to defend themselves? It's sort of like, it's really desperate. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's... Which the, adds another interesting layer to the whole dynamic little thing. And, and I think when when they finally do catch the alien in the, in the press and they release... Uh, the death of Dylan is genuinely a... I think it's sad, and she's like, "Help me!" And again, the isolation. God will help you now, sister. And uh, he, he can't go. Somebody can't. else that she's begun to trust
1: and seeks counsel, counsel from is just. She just gets <laughs> shat on for the entire film, doesn't she? Really, it's really <laughs> just not her bloody week.
0: <laughs> so, like, you know what I mean? And like, and then just to make it, just to like, they've stuck the knife in quite a they few give times. Give her
2: a little bit of hope.
0: And then they stick it, and uh, then they pull it out, and they're like,
2: We can help you. We we
0: we've, we've, we can help you. And then she's like, You know what?
2: I don't give a fucking shit anymore. Yeah. And they just go, Ah, twist it. Yeah, because they can't. Done. Yeah. And so even, so in, but that does that for the audience as well. Yeah. You're thinking, Great, they can finally save her. Maybe she's got a way out, and no. And then they kill Andrews. And that not Andrews, um, Aaron, yeah, eighty five. Right, yeah. The way they kill him, it's it's just like really, it's it's sad. But that that felt that is one of the ones that felt gratuitous. It didn't
1: really need to happen that way. Okay, he's
2: but also... he, he's an
1: idiot. He shouldn't have smacked him around the head. But yeah, why, why would they turn around that exact second and shoot him?
2: Yeah, just to, to the, the execution of him is it, pretty, it was good to
1: hear. You could have restrained the guy while well, you just blow him
2: but, away, but then again, they shoot Morse in the, um, in, the in the knee, yeah, 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 and it's like you know, and
0: but it adds it adds uh credence to the fact that the 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 company are like exactly like Burke from the second, just willing to do whatever The ruthless, they yeah. just
1: want the alien. And then everyone they else guys, is expandable.
0: Care about the people. It's it's this big company it's it's it fits really
1: well with what
0: uh has been going
1: on. Ch- chances is- are if, if Ripley had actually listened to them and trusted them and gone with them, everyone else would have been killed the second they were out the door yeah. anyway. Yeah. They would have shot them all. Yeah. And they would have knew the place from all of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: In in the um I think in like the expanded universe kind of stuff. Because Moore survives, doesn't he? They take him away at yeah. the end.
1: He's the only survivor, yeah.
2: Yeah, when when they take him away, allegedly, and I don't know if it's connected with alien resurrection or something along those lines. There's this underground paper that he's apparently he basically gets sent to another prison planet. I think correct me if I'm. I don't know if it, I might be wrong. So listeners, I might be wrong. Um, where he is essentially told you can't say anything; otherwise, we'll kill you and eventually he eventually just goes balls to it and he creates his own account of what happened and releases it out there. But obviously, he's seen as like, it's all played down like he's a bloody conspiracy theorist and nut job, and he kind of dies in another prison. But just like of, of, of an older age, mm-hmm. he's kind of left to rot. Um, but that was kind of an expanded universe. That's kind of a sad way for Morse to go, but um, it's, it's interesting because like, again, it, the company covering tracks and stuff and the the ending, the very ending of the film, as in, one well, not the very end, but the death of Ripley. Now, this is going to be interesting. What do you prefer? SDC. Uh,
0: I've got to, I have to go for the theatrical cut because it adds more uh it has just that final touch, like the garnish, to a really depressing cake. When the thing comes out, and she holds it, and then she is like, "If if I'm gonna die, I'm taking you with me, you son of a bitch." And then that's it, done.
2: Mm. I, I I I'm I'm going to side with you on this one. I. I don't like the effect when she falls into the fire. I don't like the staticness of it. However, I love the queen coming out and her holding onto that chest burster because she's still, even though she's the last throes of her life, she, and she doesn't scream. She doesn't scream like the rest of everybody else who's ever had a chest burster. She's holding it. It's a person at peace with what she's about to do. She knows exactly what she's doing, and she's giving it all up. To ensure everyone is safe, and being that hero that Ripley has been through yeah. all the films that we've known, and so when she grabs that alien, and again with the the whole thing going back to the Vincent Ward script has this religious connotation, even to the point with the fact that the um, prisoners have found religion, um, the 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 look and the belief of Golic's appearance of the uh, alien being a dragon, all this stuff is leading to me uh, of this almost purgatory sort of thing uh, 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 for um Ripley to finally end the way things have been going and to grab hold of that queen as she's going down i yeah i i think it's so poetic with the the music and the sacrifice that you see and Tagoni Weaver's performance when she's finally lets go and drops backwards Holding on to that queen and just falling into the flames.
0: And also, it's it works. Beautiful. It works very well with uh, what what you said with um, with Dylan when he's talking about
2: the uh, seeds. Yeah. Uh, earlier on. Because at that at that point, when she's letting go, the seed of new life is the seed of hope that a universe essentially without the xenomorph it will yeah. bring. So she's stopping this thing from going any further. I, I think it's beautiful, and, and I've always preferred that. I don't like the effect. Don't get me wrong. I don't like the effect when she drops back because it's almost like yeah. it. You know what it reminds me of the drop ship effect in Aliens because it's done on a rig. Obviously, the way they did the photography for it is it's done on a rig and it drops down and it's very static and it pulls back. Mm. And um, I feel the same with obviously the maquette or whatever that maquette, but the the model they use for Scorny Weaver. It's kind of a static kind of like almost mummified version of Scorny Weaver holding onto this thing, dropping backwards in a very static way. Um, yeah. I love the fact the Queen comes out and she holds onto it and the, the kind of slipping, her hand slipping as it's trying to get out and it's screaming. Uh, it's, it, you know what I think is quite nice? The alien is screaming at its birth, but not, yeah. not, Rippling, not Rippling. And I think that's kind of cool. Uh, I love that. Mid, what do you think? Go on.
1: Uh, I have to go with the director. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have to go with the assembly cut with uh, what Fincher chose. Um, I think, basically, he got to that scene. He had a very definite idea how he wanted to do it. The studio said, no, we have to see an alien. That's why it got changed. I think he went with that scene because he felt the sacrifice was the focal point, not what the sacrifice was for.
2: Interesting interesting
1: and um, I think that's why he made that choice Um, so instead you don't get the money shot as it were because he feels that's not the point you don't need to see this it's implicit what's happened it's why she's doing this thing in the first place and I think that's why it was his decision if he had control over it to not show you that but merely show you this act of sacrifice from Ripley herself just falling back into the flames which I actually think was a slightly better effect than what they used yes. in the, the actual...
2: Oh, yeah, coat. no, the effect yeah, they use yeah. in the in the yeah. assembly cuts is way yeah. better. It's still a bit... Yeah. yeah but, it's still a bit but, janky, but... It but is, at least there's more movement. It, it looks exactly a little yeah. bit... Not natural, per se, but it looks um, it's less... Yeah, it's, less a bit, it's a bit more believable. I mean, yeah.
1: it, it, it's, it's it was obviously something they cobbled together for the quadrilogy release, because that wouldn't have even existed on a work print, it's an effect shot. Mm. So they did that specifically for the quadrilogy, but it it conveys what Fincher wanted to put across with the end of his film in the first place, so I have to go with that.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I oh, you yeah. yeah, that's a good one. So, final thoughts on Alien 3. SDC, take it away. Uh,
0: It's a a scary onion with lots of layers. um, That is far, far better when you see it. uh, When you see the almost complete uh, version that uh, Fincher planned. Um, and is uh, severely let down by um,
2: uh, Studio Interference.
0: And that's
2: it. Mm. And there's anything like, where would you rank this in your personal? Um, For me, the Alien
0: franchise goes one, two, and three. But that's only purely because I saw them in that order. And I think um, without alien, there would be the world would be
2: a less impressive place. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really nice way of looking at it. I think that's excellent. Uh, okay, is there anything else you'd like to add on that? Um, no,
0: I think that's. I think
2: we've pretty much covered everything. Like literally everything,
0: including an alphabet.
2: Yeah, well. the uh, Alien Three alphabet that is staying in the fucking podcast. <laughs> so right um mid what would you like to say i like it i think it's good no it's great (laughs) it's great in fact it's like
1: uh, after four hours that's all i have to say about (laughs) 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 alien (laughs) three no um... i
2: hope i never see you or that film (laughs) ever again um
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i think in all seriousness the main reason we've talked about this film so long is because There is so much you could say about this film. Mm. And it's weird because no other film, even the ones that are obviously far more superior to this film, don't have quite such an interesting story behind it. Mm. And um, I I, I think um, Fox should have kept their hands off it and they should have let their director do what he was there to do. They should have trusted him to do what he was gonna do because I think we would have ended up with a much stronger film and not had to wait until two thousand and three to actually see it.
2: Yeah, definitely. How does this how does this film emotionally affect you at the end? Like how how do you feel when you watch it? Um
1: I feel like it's a logical conclusion. We
2: all know it wasn't <laughs> we all know it wasn't basically. Oh, Christ, and you'll know it wasn't um, But in the next podcast.
1: I, you know, well, 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 when you watch it, it feels final, doesn't it? it? It feels like a logical ending to the story. And we all know that studios don't see things that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they find a way.
2: Don't they? Which is like, ironic, really, because if you think about it, with all the things that they they want to make like Alien versus Predator and all that crap, um, yeah. Blomkamp's um, idea for an um, Alien sequel.
1: Unfortunately, it looks like it's not happening. Um, yeah. It it's been gazumped, I think, by Ridley Scott.
2: I got a horrible feeling. Like, which in. is
1: which is unfortunate, really, because he had he's some the,
2: interesting ideas. Yeah, I think he's got the defining. Say on that, I think, but that's uh, that's another story for another pod. Um, it says so. What what would you? How would you rank Alien Three in your little pantheon? Um,
1: it would probably be. Ooh, it's close. It's close between that and Alien being my second favorite. Aliens is my favorite. But um, I don't know. I think I think if you ask me on any one day, my answer might actually change. Mm. Um, That's a good point. But it is very, it's very close between Alien and Alien Three for my second favorite of the uh, of the initial trilogy. At least.
2: Anything else you would like to add on Alien
1: Three? I think there isn't. Possibly anything, anything else we could add to Alien Three that would be of any interest to anyone, because we've literally covered the whole bloody thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> covered <Coming in laughs> it all with our pod. We've potted all over it. Um, we, we've
1: potted the shit out of it. I'd say.
2: I, I, I'm going to. I'm going to end with my my personal thought on it. I think Alien Three is a beautiful masterpiece. Um, uh, I I would even say that the theatrical version, regardless of the insanity and the flaws is still a brilliant film and I think this is for me personally and I think that the assembly cut uh, elevates it from being a brilliant film to a masterpiece. I adore Alien 3. Um, I think that it is a dour, beautiful ending to a excellent franchise and despite the middle one being action-packed with aliens being so dramatic and so great and brilliant and action packed and fun and uh, and also scary as well and adding to the mythos i think alien 3 uh dials that back and gives us this tragic yet beautiful ending that I think if you play the odds long enough, like Ripley does, the character does, with all the stuff that happens, I think Scorny Weaver's right. Um, you're going to end up dying. Essentially, you know, you can't roll the dice against these things um, so many times and keep walking away. And I think because uh, it would diminish, ultimately, it would diminish what how dangerous the creature is. So I I think that uh, her dying was a an astute and intelligent choice. I may have changed the death of Newt and Hicks and sort this one out, but that's only because of my love for the characters. I still understand the necessity for them to die in the context of the narrative. I love this film, and in my personal feelings of the Aliens films, to me it goes, Aliens, nothing will beat that in the franchise. For me, Aliens is, just, is, is the gold standard but i think a bloody close second for me is alien 3 uh, i think alien 3 is 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 a masterpiece like i say and just slightly uh, below alien 3 is alien i you know alien aliens and alien 3 are all amazing films i think all three of them are superb my only unfortunate uh, cross to bear is the way that the franchise goes from here on out, and that is where things will get real interesting. It won't mean we'll poo poo things, folks. Um, uh, you will get rants. You will get rants, but I, I, I think will, we'll find some. We'll, we'll
1: try and find positives from everything, and we going not, forward. <laughs> we will not poo poo the poo poo
2: <laughs> because if we do that, then we might as well not do it. So yes, this this is good. So we will come back. Um, thank you so much for listening to our epic Alien 3 uh, sort of pod. Uh it, it, Yeah, it, it has literally been, in fairness, I was really looking forward to doing this. And all joking aside, after doing it, I have, I'm have. i really happy that we did this. Uh, I'm glad. Like I don't care how much work it's going to take to edit all this stuff and, and do it in so it's interesting for viewers. I've enjoyed talking about the film on a personal level. I love this film and I hope that people that love this film uh, or maybe perhaps people who didn't look at the film like uh, they initially had the chance to at the time, re uh, reassess it and check out that um, assembly cut and, and acknowledge it for what it is because it is it is a superb film. Um, and full of amazing performances, nuanced um, storytelling, and the fact that David Fincher managed to pull anything out of the bag, considering we could have had alien bastard chickens, I'm um, I, i I'm sorry, fair play Fincher, you, the guy's a genius for being able to pull that out. So um, that's my thoughts on Alien 3. We've, thank you, Mr SDC, for joining us. Uh, as ever, my co-host, uh, Mr Mid, uh, well done. Uh, I'd just like to end on saying, uh, Tom, uh, wherever you are, um, you were here in spirit, and you're not dead. Honest. Wink, 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 wink. Uh, and next time on Five by Five, we'll be talking about, oh, Christ, what will we be talking about? Alien
1: resurrection, alien resurrection, and possibly Prometheus at the same time. I don't think we can quite stretch full-length pods on both, but we'll see. Fuck yeah. <laughs> give it a
2: go (laughs) Christ okay fellas and uh, okay people out there thanks for listening and uh, stay frosty this is Ripley last
1: survivor of the Nostromo signing off